Hello and welcome to A Space for Oddities. Hello. Hello, how are you Hello. doing? Hello, I up, Chuck? <laughs> so, I, the voice you are hearing, am Vincent, and today I am the teacher. And the other voice you are hearing, which means that is Katie, that means also I am student. It does, it, that is exactly what it means. That is the meaning. The Webster definition of student means Katie. <laughs> I'd love it if that was real. Yeah. Like, that's what Katie meant. It just meant student. Well, Katie actually means uh, virginal and pure and white. Wow. In, in like, name meanings. Who, who gives the meaning? Um, the old people. The really, <laughs> the really, really going back. Because my name means to conquer. Oh, very mm-hmm. nice. After Vincent the Conqueror. Oh, very nice. Like, um... Like a mountain man that you are. Mountain man. Mountain man. Right, what are we going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's conquer and divide uh, this podcast topic. Let's do that. Well, this episode, I'm teaching you about renowned British graphic designer, Margaret Calvert. Have you heard that name before? Now, is this the person in the book about fonts that every design student has read about fonts. Mm, I'm not sure that, that what was you're really referencing. Vague. Do you know, I thought about this earlier today. I said, I'm better right down the book. Are you talking about Ellen Lupton's thinking about type? No. Mm. <laughs> it's something like, what da font? Da font? No, not da font, because that's the website. What da font? Da font. Oh. You'll know it. It's black with different fonts. No, no, no. That's uh, by a male author, and that's called Just My Type. Just My Type. Yeah. And I feel like there was a, power, there was a chapter about... It's quite possible. This person in the... Um, she is, whether you know about her or not, she is a leading light in British graphic design. Oh. And you will encounter her work every day. Oh. And I don't think you could ever really be on the British Isles more than about, I don't know, 100 metres from something that she has influenced mm. or personally designed. That's quite um, a good thing to say. If you were like, oh, so didn't part, oh, what do you do, Margaret? And you go, well... You're never too far away. You're like, from my work. I guess, actually, if you're on, like, perhaps the moors, you're, you're, in, you're probably further away. In the middle of the Shetland Islands. But you might still be able to see her work. So I was going to say, I'm yeah. going to give some context to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just talk in this abstract way for <laughs> well, another hour. the way I wrote it was the designer's work who is never more than five minutes from you. Nice. Maybe that's, maybe that's a better description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the actual distances <laughs> could vary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she... I'll just give an overview. She designed the systems that we use for British road signs, among lots oh, of other things. Which is beautiful. Which is so beautiful mm. that they are exhibited around the world. Mm. It's mm. very strange that, you know, like a sign to Slough is mm. hanging on a gallery somewhere. <laughs> because Slough it, specifically, yeah. Yeah, like, well, I mean, Slough's got like, because people will be like, what, where's Slewer? Slouge. Slouge. It's spelt very strange. Like if you're it is not, actually. If you're not English, you wouldn't say slough initially. It's like, well, what? how do you say the sauce that begins with W? Um, oh, we're talking about the sauce. I thought you meant like Simli- a condiment. Sim- similar to Henderson's relish, but isn't yes, it? Yes, 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 yes. Worcestershire. 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 You, do you say shire? I don't know now. I'm questioning myself. I've had about four sips of stout. Okay. Worcestershire. 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 Hmm. Worcestershire. Well, I have walked past the original Liam Perrin's factory. Oh. Um, my wife. My wife. Her sister lives in Worcester, oh, the city. There you and go. And the Liam Perrin's factory is halfway between her flat 
mm. and the climbing wall that I visited last time we were there. Mm. So I was like walking along and then I just got hit with the almost indescribable smell of umami. 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 Love it. Henderson's relish is still better. Henderson's relish is better. Is better. It Come is better. A, I prefer the taste profile. B, it's vegetarian friendly because yep. if you don't know, Worcester sauce got anchovies in it. <laughs> <laughs> So, before we get too sidetracked, let me give you some history. <laughs> too sidetracked. Let me slap you Shit up. bloody talking a recipe of bloody, bloody chicken town. Oh, it's bloody, evidently it's chicken, chicken town. Bloody chicken, bloody this and bloody that. The fucking rats and fucking cats. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> it is, um, that's John Cooper Clark for those not John Cooper Clark. I was romanced by an alien from Mars. <laughs> Sorry, that's... <laughs> Harsh. We've already got distracted. Sorry, John. Before I could even start the history section. Right. <laughs> 10 hour let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Born in 1936. I don't know why I'm including that because it's not really that important. Well, it gives a bit of context to her educational practice. Yeah, fair enough. She was originally born in South Africa, but she has South Africa. Brit- British parents. <laughs> Bloody British. The trick is with South African accents is you don't move your lips. Fucking prince. Oh, it's really bad. Um, I know it's so bad. Sorry, any South Africans out there. All the tens of thousands. Oh, we were very popular in South Africa. Very popular. Um, So she was born to British parents, so she was born with dual citizenship. Tidy, I want that. Which makes sense because she moved to England after a few years in South Africa when she was uh, a young teenager. Was Scottish? Yeah, well. I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> it will make sense in a short while. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I'll put a pin in it. Okay, do do that. By by the nineteen fifties, she was studying at the Chelsea College of Art and Design. Oh, that's a good one, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good one. That's it's a in, good one. It's then. in London. London. London town. London calling. Which she was doing uh, illustration, oh. which she was noted to have exceptional skills at. Exceptional, what like draftsmanship? No, this was more, more. like. Um, illustrative because we're in the 50s here we're looking like they'll have been coming off the back of like illustration being used for like brand identities mm, and mm, logos postcards mm, mm. so it'll have been like uh, commercial art so her exceptional abilities were more of the creative form yes the marketable arts beautiful <laughs> beautiful but halfway through the course she realized that she wanted to be a designer Oh, don't they all? Ah, no. It's the easier choice. Mm. From If I learned anything from us studying, it's that you achieved a better grade than me, but I had to do eight times more work. <laughs> do you know, Tony tried to get me to do design. You were a good designer. Thank you. I, I still am. I distinctly you remember in first year, you wiped my arse with a lot of projects. Like, I was like, oh, okay. I actually did that. He he said, oh, mummy, I've got dirty bum bum. <laughs> and I printed out a nice risograph, uh, typographic poster. And I went, mummy, will sort it. <laughs> and got the talc out. In the middle of the studio. In the middle of the studio. Arse in the air. Arse in the air. Covered in shit. <laughs> Cacked up your back, as like they some, do. Like some kind of, like, exhibitionist. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, made a wee teepee for your baby? A wee teepee. It's a little hatch you put over um, um, the, the wee um, we extremity. Norm- we normally just try and get the new nappy over as soon as possible. I see, I see. Just so that it can catch anything. But the other night I was changing him and 
as I was changing him. It was all fine. Got the nappy on. And then I picked him up and he was sodding wet. He was like <laughs> soaked. And I was like, how has this happened? When did he wee? Like I didn't see any wee. I didn't hear any wee. It hit all of his um, upper torso and just soaked him. Oh. But he didn't make any noise. He didn't complain. It was fine. So it. he was just like, oh, I'm nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. He was just peeing himself to keep warm. I do that when we go swimming. Um, it's just... It's just a wild ride with a new baby. You never quite know what they're going to do next. He just farts on me when I change the nappy all <laughs> That's the time. That's funny. That is all funny. All the time. But back to Margaret Calvert. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. This is um, the master's uh, director's cut. Mm. Where like the director just rips on the film because it didn't do so well in yeah, the yeah, box yeah. office. Um, she was um, following commercial art and realising she wanted to follow design. And she was thinking that she wanted to incorporate things like typography into the illustration. Mm. And her professor was dissuading her from doing so. You know, they were sort of saying that's not the right avenue to go down. Because also back then, being a woman, if you're in the creative arts, you're expected to want to do pretty illustrations. You're not expected to want to mm. do the, the scientific fine art of typography. Mm. Oh, no. We covered that no, in, the no, no, no. in your Bowers episode that, they, that all the women were sent to the weaving or ceramics department because mm -hmm. that's all we're good for. The official line is that a professor said she was too old for the task. What? But I think it was just misogyny. Well, even... Oh, my goodness. Too old, that's... that When that's your, like, that's the good line, mm -hmm. that's pretty bad, that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, she's got but, fucking shit eyes. But, but lucky for her... Um, as that professor retired, who was named in the research, but I thought not worth name and shame, name and shame, the old misogynist pig. I haven't kept it in because they're likely deceased and probably just a bit. Just it may have even been blown out of proportion. There was very little <laughs> actually reinforcing that they were a misogynist <laughs> yeah. pig. It's alleged. So it's I alleged. Thought, I thought I'd leave it out. It's alleged. But lucky for her, um, a new professor arrived, ready to mentor her, and he was called Ooh. Jock Kinnear. Jock Kinnear. And I think... Nice. I, I didn't look into him too much, but any name like Jock has to be Scottish. Jock. jock. Or American. Jock Kinnear. Like, like picturing an American Jock. Mm, I think he's, I think it's got to be Scottish. He comes walk, he comes bursting through the wall uh, in his American football kit, like big shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. Like the Kool-Aid <laughs> man. To, ready to design. Yeah, ready to design. Who's like, going to do some fucking design? <laughs> yeah. 22, And they like, go well, hand in hand. Students. Yeah. Well... It's said under Jock's mentorship mm. and um, education that she absolutely thrived with design. Nice. Uh, like, to a huge degree. Mm. Like, she is very open in saying that he was a huge part of her education. That's and cool. she's very thankful to him. And I think this must have shone brightly to him. And, you know, he must have seen how good she was. Mm. Because he ended up taking her into... He, he won the project to redesign Gatwick Airport Whoa. and brought her into the project. Major. Which which is, you know, in the, the late 50s, that is a big deal That's for a major. female designer to be on a huge project like that. And like at and that just, point... just recently graduated as well. Yeah. I mean, phew, I mean now, but like in, in the 50s, airplanes, whoa, it was so sexy. You could smoke yeah. on it. You were like drinking dry martinis and like <laughs> just doing whatever. It was just like a sexy business fun time. Um, airports <laughs> but but in all seriousness this is the first time she actually got to properly practice graphic design really so for that to be on a huge project such as gatwick airport mm. you know that's a real like he must have seen a lot i was gonna say that's to be trust like, like it doesn't matter that she's female it doesn't matter that she was an illustrator it matters that he saw a student that had just graduated and said mm. right you're brilliant let's, let's work on this so 
Um, she started to work with him more and more, uh, working with companies like P&O, the cruise mm, liner. Oh, P&O. You and don't see much of P&O nowadays, do no, you? No, I think... Or was that just me in my own life? Well, I don't really... I, I've got to be honest, I can't think of a worse hell than a cruise. Yeah. Honestly, I would hate every minute of it. Mm. I get seasick, ah, first well, and foremost. That's, that's a big no. Second, I like to explore if I'm going somewhere new. Mm. So... To be in the middle of an ocean, stuck on a vessel, absolutely You not. could do one of those cruises where you hop from place to place. But, like, like the majority of your holiday is in transit. Why the fuck mm, would you do that? It depends. I, I, sometimes I feel like, oh, do you know, if they did, like, a, a sexy singles cruise, Ooh. that'd be quite fun, that. You'd be, like, red raw by the end. It could be quite raunchy, that, you know, <laughs> like, in sauna. There's got to be, like, an orgy cruise out there. Oh, there is. And then, like, all-you-can-eat buffet. Well... Depend- I mean, of many varieties, <laughs> shall we say. Yeah, exactly. It depends whether the buffet has been cooked by a chef or not. <laughs> I tell you, oh, the, oysters. the only the only, ta- <laughs> <laughs> the only time I've ever been interested in a cruise is when we were in Scandinavia. We were in Stockholm. Oh, very you, nice. For quite a cheap, it was like 150 quid. Yeah. And you could get a four-day cruise and it would take you to Denmark, Finland... And then back down the Swedish coast, so you go to like Gothenburg and then back up. And I was like, oh, this is cool. That's very nice. I'd do that. I I mean, we could not afford it because I was just living in an overdraft as a student. But I was like, I was very tempted, like, do I just try and just get a little bit more from the bank to do this? Because when am I never going to do it again? Didn't in the end, but I thought it was cool. Yeah, those Arctic ones, Arctic Circle cruises. But even still, like, that would be even worse now I think about it because you'd be trapped in, you wouldn't go out on the deck, would you? Oh, yeah. Would you? Have a little dip. Oh, break the ice. Oh my gosh, Literally. no thanks. <laughs> so, we were speaking about Margaret and how she was working with Jock Kinnear and she was working on projects like P&O and this was giving her loads of practice to get better mm. at design and she was working her illustration into it that like like it may have been for you as an illustrator having those good graphic design skills. I think it helps you with layout and things like that. Mm. So I think her having this level of commercial art knowledge really helped with her development of graphic mm. design um, to the point where the Anderson Committee um, hired her, Jock and her, to design the motorway signage on the brand new motorway, mm-hmm. which was the M1, I suspect. Yeah, number one, top of the list. Numero uno. Because at the time, there was no standardised format for signage it was just like sharpie on a bloody wooden plank well what was happening was the government would give out guidelines but as they received new information about you know um reflectiveness of signs things Mm. like that they would just change them willy-nilly so they were being authorized and produced by the government Mm. but the government had no set guidelines so one town signage would look completely different to another because we have councils here that are autonomous from one another. Yeah. So they would just control how they wanted their signs to look. So if you were driving around your local area, fair enough. But they knew that motorways were going to link large swathes of the country. So they knew that they needed a system to right. link them all together. Get, it, get your ducks in order. And this is where we know Calvert from. This is where her legacy mm. begins. <laughs> so actually, I'll just before we move on, I'll show Katie some very nice... P&O oh, design. I'm coming in. I'm swooping in. I'm swooping in. I'm swooping in. I'm swooping in. Swooping on that. Oh. It's nice. It's So this is a selection of P&O Orient lines, which is an interesting name that I don't think would be suitable anymore. Um, 
they, I think they're Off like, to the Orient, my dear. <laughs> Should we pop by the Raj? <laughs> um, I think they're baggage tags, but they've just got this sort of sort of swagger about them. They're just mm. letters and numbers to like 1F, 1D, 1C. But they've got this real nice formatting about them and really bright, punchy colours. Oh, the colour, but they're not so much. They're, they're so mid-century. They're super mid-century. It, I mean, it reeks mid-century in the most best, the most best possible taste. <laughs> Ooh, is that the best possible taste? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's um, it will be available on our Instagram at a space space. Not 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 an actual space. The word space. Four, the letters F O R, not the number four, oddities. Yep. So at a space for oddities. I think if we didn't break it down, it would have been a bit easier to break follow. It down. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like doing it. So as <clears throat> as Jock Knier and Margaret Calvert started to work on the signage, they realised something was very important. They could make it all um, look the same for junctions and they could mm. format colours, but there was a problem. Oh. These signs were going to be read at speed. So, <laughs> and there was no there was no typeface out there that mm. existed specifically to be legible at, at fast-moving paces, thus forming the legendary, the well-known oh. typeface transport. Very, very plainly named. So this, this signage that they were producing... Mm. Um, Margaret saw it more than just um, just a way of navigating roads. She described it as Britain rebuilding after the war. She saw herself as a oh. pinnacle part of this country rebuilding, that opening motorways there, reformatting the, the transport. They're mm. trying to make a strong infrastructure, and she was very proud to be part of that. Yeah, um, well, yeah, when you think, you know, she was born in 36. Yeah, exactly. So she grew up, like, she with grew the up in Second World War. funky town going down. <laughs> that's and an interesting way to describe funky fascism. Town. No, that's the Blitz funky town going down. <laughs> that's what's happening. And then, and then 50s going, bloody hell, I'm glad that's all over and done with. Are you ready for... Should we, should we try and cheer ourselves up should a bit? Should we have some prosperity in this country? Should we? Should we? Yeah, Yeah, we'll have a little. We'll try anyway. Well, as she was developing this, it was so significant that they had created the typeface transport and they'd created these systems mm. that it is actually being ex- exhibited in MoMA at the moment, in New York City, Lovely. the Museum of Modern Art are, dis- are displaying British road signs. Love in it. Just a re- and it's like, what? Like, it's so <laughs> bizarre that there's like a road sign to just some insignificant part of the Midlands yeah. being displayed in MoMA and there's n- New Yorkers looking New at it. York. Look at that bit of design. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that, I love that it's really funky, like, yo, like, like one of the beats. Like, yo, look at that fucking... Okay, okay. I don't know whether they just come up later, but what's your favourite road sign uh, in the UK? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm, I think I know what yours is. Oh. Uh, maybe I don't. I thought it was going to be obvious. My favourite road sign, as in like the standardised... All the signs, any yeah. of the signs, any anything, any signage, symbol, numbered letters. Um, I like the one that warns you about blind children. Have you seen yes, that one? Yes, with the stick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a specific sign, but I quite appreciate it. Mm. That's of modern signage, but of old school signage, mm. I really like the milestones that are, tell you how far you are from London. Oh, like the stone ones. Point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's or, quite toasty. Or the Cumbrian um, lollipop signs. Do you know what I mean by those? Cum- oh, yes. They've oh, got, they're beautiful. So for listeners that don't know, even though a large swathe of our listeners are in Cumbria, 
um, there's a traditional way of signage existing in Cumbria before there was a um, before you know, Margaret had her way exactly before Margaret had her way had her bloody way um, it's a tall sign that is uh, conical it's thicker at the base and goes up thin <laughs> it's black and white striped mm. horizontal stripes and mm. then it has a large circle on the top which lists the village name that you're in and with pointers from them. They are that is, 10 out of 10 that aesthetic. Is, I take it all back. That's the best sign. Yeah. What, what's your favourite? Well, sort of modern is when uh, you go to somewhere that's like National Trusty or like a castle and it's like brown mm. and it's different and it's exciting because you're going somewhere nice. Sign. Point of interest Like a brown point of interest sign mm-hmm. is always nice because it reminds me of like nice British caravan holidays. You're Do you know like, how Ooh. hard it is to get um, a brown sign? Like if you apply for it, Mm. You have to prove that your thing is a point of interest. National importance. How, how do you prove that? Well, I suppose if you're like a castle, it's yeah, quite... It's, it's quite obvious. But like things, certain things around the country have like brown signs and it's mm. really weird why they have them. Yeah. Uh, and also people print their own signs to make it look... Because the yes. brown has like an authority about it. Yeah, well, everybody knows. Everybody knows. And I also, my other one is man having trouble with umbrella. Ah, so I'm going to discuss that. Oh, yeah. Because that was drawn by Margaret Calvert. Oh, Margaret, you babe. (laughs) You babe. I thought you were going to say, which I'm also going to bring up, the Tech Care Lamsont Road in in Buttermere, the road between Buttermere and Crumacwater. That is is a classic Cumbrian roadside. Tech Care Lamsont Road. Lamsont Road. I love that the person wrote that out and thought, there's nothing wrong with this. This makes perfect sense. Well, he's too busy dealing with he's bloody lambs, too busy isn't he? Taking care with lambs. Take it, care with lambs, huh? <laughs> so I've I've actually got this bit that was just about to come up. I'll read to you exactly as I wrote it. Oh. When someone creates their own sign to denote private land or even butter me as infamous Tech Care Lamsont Road. Oh. Road piece, roadside masterpiece. It's very clear that it's not an official lettering because you recognise that it's not transport. Yes, and that's one of the things yes, that yes, she's yes. done is that she's really like you can tell when a sign that you know, saying people print their own mm. to make show authority that isn't really there. They'd never get transport because it's actually really hard to license if mm. you're not officially allowed to use it. So they'll use Arial or. It stands out from a mile away. Do you know, it's funny, I've got on my Photoshop, for some whatever reason, on my computer, I've got something called, it's like Raoul Transport, and it looks just like, it's like some sort of, I don't know whether it's off Adobe or some dodgy thing, but it looks really nice, but I can never use it. I've never used it because it's so obvious. Yeah. It's the bloody font from road signs. Well, one of the things is, is that the, the actual typeface itself is very... It's very hard to get the official version because they don't want anyone tampering with it. Because if no. you think about how important it is, the legibility is so important for safety. Mm. It tells you speed limits. It tells you where to turn off. Mm. It tells you, you know, like if that was changed, if it suddenly became less legible by accident, it could cause co- catastrophic problems. Yeah, there's probably some law to say, right, don't be messing with this. Well, so... I've got a little note here that says, discuss the nightmare I had trying to get a legitimate copy. When I was uh, (laughs) working at a signage firm Mm. in Penrith, we were creating signs that were going alongside the M6, which had been authorised by the transport agency to say this work will be completed by this day and Mm. stuff like that. And they said it has to legally have transport on it. So me not realising that was the name of the typeface, I was like, well, obviously it's going to have, it's got a picture here. I said, no, it needs to be the typeface transport. So I said, okay, send it over, I'll sort it. And they said, oh, we don't have it. You have to, you have to license it. And I said, well, 
I had a look and I was like, my company's not going to pay like four grand to license this. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, because you're the transport authority, can you give us access to it? And they yeah. said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get access to it for you. Yeah. And then they sent back a version. They said, this is the one we've got on system. And the one they sent back is Johnson, which is the typeface that is used for the London Underground. Oh. So I was like, no, oh. this isn't the right typeface. I said, I need transport. And then they sent me the typeface, which was for number plates, yeah. which is a totally different That's typeface. That's completely different. And I was like, oh my gosh. So then I went online <laughs> and I used all the tricks in the book to find typefaces. Yeah. You ever been on GitHub for typefaces? I'm not actually. So GitHub is a repository where people put code. Mm. Some people save Lots websites on there. Mm. And it's a huge database for illegal fonts. Like for illegal access of fonts. Yeah, yeah. You can search GitHub for whatever you want. And I mm. guarantee you, if somebody's ever done an app, a project, a digital display, a, a website, if it's if they've used a typeface, it'll have been pulled in through the code. Oh, and you can get well, it I'm going to have a very enjoyable evening looking through it's typefaces a, I would like to download for my own yes, personal deviations. It's a little bit um, interesting. I'm not sure if um, that many people in the industry know about it. Because if they did, I think it would have been shut down a long like time. Bloody well do now, Vinny. <laughs> bloody hell. I've even knocked bloody microphone in, in disgust. But yeah, this this um, this project getting these signs produced was two weeks late because I couldn't access the typeface. <laughs> and they hell. wouldn't let me produce it without the legitimate typeface because they said, it's a safety thing. We have mm. to have the right typeface. Sounds Otherwise, like you've gone around in circles, pal. Oh, it was awful. It was, And I, w- I was the only person there that had enough knowledge of margaret calvert and what mm. so i was like it is actually really important i get this exact thing so i was having to like call up distributors of signs for <laughs> other like the people that make all the signs for london's transport yeah. and i was like oh my gosh this is horrendous on. yeah it was um but i mean it's a beautiful typeface i can see why they don't want people messing with it yeah um i'm showing katie now a sign which is for the a1 heading towards stamford and you're at uh Two junctions here for Glatton and Holm. Oh, yeah, B6, oh did you go the B660? 660. Yeah, all the way from Glatton to Holm. Oh, you didn't take bloody A1 uh, turning point, did you, pal? It's always congested, that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Bloody Mortuetto. <laughs> the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah, um, but then... Sorry, if, if anybody really enjoys motorway talk. As, I mean, as a new dad, it's my whole life now. That is true, you need turn, to wear... You turn up to any event and someone's like, oh, which way did you come in? Well, I got well... on the A66 and we turned off on the A595, but that was congested all the way back you to You wouldn't Ambleside. be doing that one. No, you know, you would have oh. taken the, the fee for fee five four foot and then you go underground <laughs> and you travel on the back of the ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they fly you over. You don't want to be taking the A51, pal. Oh, A51, not even close to oh. A595. Do you want a sausage? <laughs> we're at a barbecue. You, I was going. Oh right, I thought you were like the service station. <laughs> no, no, we're at a barbecue. Just stick that sausage in your goblad. St- 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 sausage in your goblad and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I got the bloody train here. I went right down, right quick. So, <laughs> right down, right quick. After Kinnear and Calvert finished the project, making these signs for the early stretches of motorway, it was noticed by quite a few people. Um, Colin Forbes is one person. Oh, what, of Forbes magazine? I think so. I didn't oh. research him far enough. I was like, yeah, oh, I don't really care. That sounds like but it's right. modernist and designer Herbert Spencer mm. um, was a big supporter of um, the the development of these, like mm. the n- the idea of nationalising these signs. Mm. Um, and there were lots of traditionalists who liked 
say like the Cumbrian waymarkers that we were just talking about. They are lovely. Can you like can you imagine being in Cumbria and seeing these beautiful signs you've got and you're gonna be told that you're gonna be replaced with these high visibility reflective large Yeah um aluminium signs. You'd be like no, no mm-hmm. these are gorgeous. Please, they, no. they work well enough. Yeah, but yeah. What people were missing, the traditionalists were missing is that these signs are so much more legible that even the design that even if you've got poor sight you know if you've got enough sight mm. to pass a driving test that these are still legible to you that's why mm. when you're on a driving test you're asked to read a number plate rather than a sign because the sign is far more legible than the number yeah, plate. yeah they've made it purposely legible mm. although i suppose back in them days if you could um sort of move the wheel around you'd be like yeah that's all right that'll do here's your license pal so the first place that these signs were properly tested in in real application was the preston bypass Oh. So I don't know what it is, but it's my project's always bringing up Preston. Preston, well... Um, Preston bus station. The Prest, Preston's very quite ahead of its time because there's the Preston model. The Preston model. The Preston model. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's, oh, it's, um, well, it's, it's, um, it's an economy, but super sustainable, like super like radical, like totally whoa out there thing. Preston are like, they bring it, Preston. Really? Yeah, t- t- Google the Preston model for an exciting evening of reading. I mean, it could, like, show, like, a... I mean, if I think of it in the most crude way, I would think of, like, a, from, like, a Nuts magazine. Whee! Like a woman that is a model in, like, a Preston... What, dressed as Preston bus station? <laughs> That'd be great. No, I was thinking in, like, a... I don't know what the Preston football club's called. Preston <laughs> United? Preston... Preston... Preston, fe- Preston Athletic. Preston, Prestonball.com. Preston footies. Yeah. Uh, and sort of looking a bit sexy in the Preston football oh. top, Just to get all those Preston fans riled oh, up. Their oysters are dripping. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really hate that analogy. <laughs> so once these signs had been tested on the Preston bypass, mm. they were there was a committee headed up by Sir Walter Warboys. Ooh. Called the Warboys Committee. The Warboys. They commissioned Calvert and Kinnear to design the network of the entire country. That well, you know, it, from Preston to the entire country. That's that's going to keep you busy for a minute or two. That, oh, isn't it? can you imagine getting that contract? I mean, you sort of you sorted for the year, but also that's it for the year. That is, yeah, exactly. You're doing <laughs> nothing else. It's a good job. It's a damn good tamp- typeface to be looking at. Yeah, and and this action and this step forwards to nationalise the style of mm. signage was supported by Herbert Spencer, who I mentioned before. Herbert the Sherbert. Herbert, exactly. He had a magazine called Typographica. And in that, he published an article called Mile a Minute, in which he photographed every sign from Heathrow Airport to the centre of London, showing how much they varied. Just just in that distance. I'd be interested to see that. Yeah, it's it's quite cool. I couldn't find, like, a good version of it. There was just a lot of, like, weird crap photocopies locked in a pdf that took me ages to find yeah i bet there's a resource somewhere with it nice and clear yeah yeah but it was clearly a, a like an epitome of the design at the time saying yeah like mm. we've just come out of the 50s like we should really be looking to build this infrastructure and i mean obviously it made a huge impact because i was born early 90s mm. and i've never seen anything other than this ordered format for signage oh no, no like you you can tell like for me 
the signs are so synonymous everywhere that it stands out like a sore thumb when mm. someone's printed one themselves or it's not quite yeah, the same. Exactly. So yeah. it's 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 obviously made a massive impact. There's nowhere yeah. in this country where that isn't prevalent. How long did it take them to do everywhere? How long did it actually take them the process? It doesn't I couldn't find an obvious amount of time. Yeah. Um so this it was tested in 58 and in 1961 uh, Herbert Spencer did the article. Mm. So I can imagine it must have taken them a couple of years, maybe like five or six years. Yeah. Like I can imagine it took quite a while. Blimey, just, well, even just to produce the signs themselves. Exactly, like the actual, because I, I mean, I've printed a few official road signs or at least set them up for print. Mm. And in the modern process, it's quite quick. But in the past, the way that the reflective works is that it's four layers of plastic over one another mm. so that when your headlights hit them, they are at four different angles, so you always get a reflection oh, no right, matter okay. what. Yeah, That's yeah. how the reflective vinyl wow. works. So setting that out must have been a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Just Even just getting a bloody straight line. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and the ways that they were setting this type up is far different from how we do it today. Oh, God, So it would yeah. have been much less accurate, so much slower. Yeah, I mean, everything. I mean, you see sometimes... I think there was a famous picture of, like, the BMW draft room... And there's just like 30 men in suits just on these huge tables just laying across it, yeah. all doing the most like complex digital, uh, not digital drawings that nowadays you just do on some form of card on your MacBook at home. Yeah, I have sort of mixed feelings about that because like the 1950s for me was a pinnacle era of design. I loved it. Mm. And I love the idea of this sort of more hands-on approach. There mm. wasn't computers to rely on. So if you were crap at design, it looked crap. You actually had to be good and have good ideas to make good work. Yeah, there was real craftsmanship mm. there. But at the same time, people were shit more than they are today. Like, like I wouldn't want to be back in the 50s because of the lack of civil rights. Oh, well, yeah, the... on the broader social spectrum, but there's do you loads know what I mean? It's like, reasons. I look back at these photos and I'm like, oh, look how amazing that is. And then I think... <laughs> Probably half of these guys went home and beat their wives because that was acceptable at the yeah, time. It was acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> to quote the leading uh, <laughs> feminist, Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. <laughs> What's he up to these days? I don't know. I think he's, he's just wealthy. I think he's just on a yacht. Yeah, he probably is. Just having a good time. Ugh. Have a good time all the time. And with that, we should go to the pub. <gasps> wow, what a great segue. I mean, I'm gonna jump when you on say my have segue. a good time. <laughs> like Paul Mart, um, Paul Mart Blart Cop. Paul Blart the Ball Cop. Yeah, no, no, Paul Mart. Paul Bumbleclart the Lart Blart. <laughs> Bumbleclart. No, <laughs> no. Off to the pub, Off which the apparently pub. is in Jamaica after we were saying yeah, Bumbleclart. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, hello. Ooh. And I mean, hello, welcome to the pub. But before we even get started thinking about pub, um, I hope you've not got long fingernails. No, I uh, I do rock climbing for fun, so I have no fingernails. No, this is good because at the minute, at present, we're very quickly boring down through the earth, mm -hmm. um, deep underground, okay. with our hands like little moles. L yeah, like well, technically, size-wise, we're large moles. Moles are quite small. We are little in spirit, but big in presence <laughs> and big in heart. Uh, and we're boring down really quickly. There's a little bit of gravel, but it's quite a nice sort of chalky, soft. Right. Quite a nice earth. We've hit like a nice soft sedimentary Because we're going layer. to an underground club. 
Ah, Do you get it? Okay, right. Do you get right. it? I thought we were going to end up in like a foxhole. Well, it's it is full of woodland creatures, like a, like a badger set or it's, something. It's woodland creatures in sort of whimsical, um, <laughs> like Fantastic Mr. Fox exactly, at the end, where they're in the sewers. Exactly. This is. Ex- I kind of might have watched that within the last two weeks. <sighs> Um, that is one of my favourite films. It is good. I watched it on the train. Um, it was very nice. But we're boring, boring, boring. Yeah. And I'm doing the thing that worms do, where you eat it and poop it out in like one continuous stream oh, of but digging. I'm, I'm behind you in some kind of mole-based human centipede. It's revolting. You're going to die. The mole centipede. The mole centipede. Oh, the oh. little, oh, mole little velvety nose. Tickling, <laughs> tickling the next... Big full, clump. Of, full of Katie's excrement. But it's it's only mud. It's almost like it, I'm I'm hollow with a straw and it just passes straight through me. It's not going through like the digestive process. No, like like me after consuming coffee and cheese. Yes. Oh my wow. goodness. Oh my goodness. A coffee and a fag that that'll sort you out. That do you know what? You once told me in the studio as third year students oh, that Lord. you said coffee and a fag. I'm gonna need a shit, and that was that's always stuck with me. That, that the combination of the two. It, it's not the woman. It's it's already like it's always been there in the back of my head that, that a coffee and a fag is you're gonna have a poo regardless. <laughs> you are gonna have a poo because I mean like coffee. I get it. It's a diuretic. Yeah, yeah. And it's also a stimulant, so it makes sense. But I I've never really smoked, so I didn't really know. Oh, fags are shocking. What I mean, what is it in them? <laughs> all, all sorts of crap. That's the trouble. Yeah, I guess even with like rollies. <laughs> yeah, not a punch up. Yeah, I think it's the combination of the two makes. I think it emphasises the coffee. I've always, I've takes always it to really. Next level. Now this is a weird thing about me. Mm. Never been a smoker, but I love the smell of cigarettes. Mm, fresh. It's so weird. I walked past somebody today uh, in town who stunk of stale fags, mm. which was horrible. I, I really, it's one of the worst things, stale fags. Um, have you smelt the beer we're drinking? It smells fucking awful. So I do a really loud sniff in the microphone for everybody. Oh, that is horrendous. Is this, I hope is that this wasn't off? No, that, well, as we were just saying that it's not dark enough. The aroma is meant to be caramelised orange. Oh, it smells like, it literally smells like my son's arse post poo. No, it's not that bad. It's, let me smell yours. I'm, I wonder if maybe I didn't You've clean my got glass a properly. Grotty cup. Yours isn't as pungent. Smell mine. Have you got it's just awful. a mango? No, I think cup. it smells the same, but just stronger. Do you get it? I'm not saying I've smelled worse. Oh. I've smelled worse. I don't know. I, you're making me doubt. I'm. I'm. I don't think it. I'm going to check that can whilst we're recording. It's, it. Well, it's August. It goes out of date. Mm, so it should be fine. Maybe we just down it. We like to drink with Vinny because Vinny is our mate, and Vinny finishes his drink in eight, six. Four, two, oh, good lad. It was a, a quite a small quantity of shit-smelling beer. <laughs> it was oddly uh, <laughs> the, the challenge of a pint of vodka. Now, who have we got around us in this who badger set of an underground you? pub? Well, the barman is obviously the fox. He's dressed in 1950s, towel over his shoulder, yeah. uh, suspenders. Just constantly shining glasses. Oh, he's shining the glass. It's the same one, and the every glass time. is so shiny. And he does it every time something sort of suspicious happens. Yeah, yeah, because so he's he got his beady in. eyes, because he like, looks around with his foxy, cunning eyes, knowing what's happening. He's, he's under the pay grade of the mob. He's got all the information for the mob. He, he's, he's, he's quite dirty. He's not too corrupt, but he's got an edge. 
He's got an edge, this one. As you would expect from a fox, cunning. Mm, he's got a little tufty moustache as well, which is quite Ooh, endearing. I like that. Yeah, a little tufty... It looks a little like this. Oh, good, sir. A yes. bit like uh, in The Shining bar. I no, it's okay. Oh. So, listeners uh, who are like, um, uh, I don't know, hip, it's like the Shining Bar. Okay. Anyway. I'm such an ignorant slut of films. You ignorant slut. Well, speaking of ignorant sluts, there is oh. the. <laughs> well, watch where you leave this. <laughs> there is what's the ignorant slut animal? That's the hedgehog. She's, oh, yeah. She's, she's Hedgehogs sort of so. Like, oh, what are those bright lights coming towards me? That's them being run over. And she's got all the um, spikes and she's like taking them out one by one. Oh, do you know who might even be more ignorant slut than the hedgehog? Yeah. Bloody pheasants. Oh. They're desperate to kill themselves. They're just daft cunts. The the male pheasant is mouthing off. He's saying all of this. He's saying all of that. He's He's the one that gets knocked out every night. And they go, fucking hell, Mr. Pheasant's here again. Oh, here we go. He's always here. Right. Bloody Roger the Rabbit's going to knock him out. Fucking up. Mr. Sparrowhawk is just exasperated. Sparrowhawk's just going... <sighs> I saw a bird of prey in Carlisle City Centre the other mm. week. It was amazing. Did I tell you about my... Not to be one of those people who wands up oh, yeah. stories. Oh, wait, I might have a one-up for this one, so I'll let you tell it. Oh, right. okay, Go okay, on. okay. Bird of prey. So I, I went into my kitchen. Yeah. And I could into my garden through my kitchen. And on one of my pieces of garden furniture, the chair, was a sparrowhawk. And I made prolonged eye contact did with it, the sparrowhawk. Did it spell see hawk. into your soul? It, saw, it looked directly at it, turned, and I stood froze still. Because often I walk into the kitchen and I see all the most wonderful birds fly off as I come, as I come walking in going, Humpty Dum, Humpty Dum, <laughs> oh, look at there's some blue tits. Oh, off they go. So I was like, oh. <gasps> And looked at me. We made eye contact. We exchanged a communal spirit of energy. That's the telekinetic power. There was like a wave. And then it did the most almighty squirt of a shit on my garden chair. Oh. And it sort of sniggered and flew off. (gasps) Well, I'm going to see if this is one of my... It's not so much of a connection Mm. as an impressive feat. I was driving back from West Cumbria. Yeah. And I was on the A590. I don't remember the name, A road. I'm already getting into that dad chat. So, <laughs> um, but on the side of the road, on on a barbed wire fence, mm. there was an enormous bird of prey. I was going like 60, so I didn't get a chance to mm. see what type it was. But it was bigger than my torso. And it no. had speared a rabbit onto the barbed wire and it was stood on it. Bad and I ass. was like... Holy crap! Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't notice it at first, and I was like, "What is that?" Because mm. it was sort of, it had its back to the trees, yeah. So it was somewhat camouflaged, but I could see it was so heavy that the barbed wire was bowing under its weight. Wow! And I was like, "This is mad! I've never seen something so big in Cumbria." Beautiful. That's majestic. I wonder I, what that could have been. I don't know. You have to Google like biggest bird of prey in the northwest of the UK or something. I, I'm so weird about that. I love birds of prey, mm. but I always say to Gabby. Who is my wife? My wife. I always say, like, why have I got so like, if you were ever to describe me as an animal, I'm about as far away as a bird of prey as you can get. Oh, go on. Yes. What? What are you then? I don't know. Let's play that game. That's always a fun game. I think. I think it's easier with like dog breeds, isn't it, to sum you up? Like, yeah. I think I'm like like an Airedale. Like, people I don't who think that posh is. get an Airedale. <laughs> they're sort of they're sort of a little bit weird looking, a little bit posh, a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what I think. It, uh, maybe in it, uh, no. I'd like to see myself as an English bull terrier. You know the ones with the big flat front 
face. Oh. I think they're really cute, yes. but you have to be a certain type of person to like them. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, I, know I mean, song. what dog breed are you? Ooh. What are those dead little ones? I'm not good at dog breeds. I go... Yeah, I'm, you might need some more context for that. <laughs> those little scruffy ones little that are often... Ones. They often have moustaches. Chinese crested. I have no idea. Looks like they look quite mutty. Looks like it's like almost hairless, but has lots of ruffly little bits of hair. No. Well, I do have spaniel ears. My hair, I do have Your spring hair spaniel. Your spaniel esque. My hair, yeah. I've got spring spaniel hair. Maybe you could be a spring spaniel. I'd like to be a spring spaniel. I like spring yeah. spaniels. They're very... I think you've got the energy level for a spring spaniel. Okay, they high energy. Yeah, they're yeah, sort yeah. of high energy, but very game for a nap. Okay, that's me. How how what how food orientated are they? I would say if a Labrador is a 10, they're probably like a 7 or an 8. Okay. They're very much water dogs as far as I know. Oh, even better. Yeah, you're, oh, that's, you're that's very that's much a water baby. Yeah, that's that sorted. Well, I'm glad we had this chat. Yeah. I'm glad we had this really important... Next time you see one, you'll be like, that's me. That's me. Well, I think Dan at work, he's got a spaniel. Oh. So I'll have to pinch it. <laughs> Just like, give us your dog. Give us your dog. See if we've got like a, some kind of connection, like yeah. me, me and the Sparrowhawk. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe my inner Sparrowhawk will suddenly come out of, from outside of me and I'll rip the dog's head off like the, tear the neck oh god do you know like <laughs> just leave and then just leave this dead dog on the floor oh god oh that would be that'd horrendous be so bad I don't think I'd be able to keep my job well before we leave this, um, <laughs> this underground bar could should, we open I was going to say should we have another beer yes because it's got really dark all these birds of prey I think we will have one last pint We'll make just just nightcap it, yeah, and then we're gonna get out of it before the birds of prey start doing dodgy dealings with Fox Bartender. Yeah, definitely. Do you yeah, want to yeah, yeah. do you want to discuss what beer we have here? Because I can see what I would describe as a sort of rough illustration of Oasis on it. A rough. Yeah, I don't really like. Oh, that's one hundred percent Oasis. That, yeah, I don't really love illustrations where they leave the face out because it's like. Oh, it's just the eyebrows. Yeah. It's it's it has a time and its place. It I looks, feel like. Blokes who still live in the nineties would go. Love it. Oh mate. Got got like a lambretta in the garage. Fuck, it, I'd love a lambretta, but that would literally kill me. Me being on a motorbike. Technically, only a moped for a slash scooter. Ah, it, same thing, isn't it? Well, same bloody thing. It's less than a hundred cc, so I don't think it can be classed oh, as a motorbike. Oh, bloody dad over here. What can I say? What can you say? I can I say. Tell you, I tell you what is a great thing. There's a free wheeler around Carlisle that someone's converted to a flat, like an open bed pickup, free wheeler pickup. Have wow. you ever, have you ever seen one of those before? It's great. I see him hauling wood about in it, and it's only got a moped engine in there. So nice, Tennessee flat top box. I know the girls. I don't even know what you're referencing now. It's a Johnny Cash song. Oh, I've... A Tennessee flat top box. Doom, boom, 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 boom. Sounds like he's probably describing a train there, maybe. It's an instrument. Oh, the the homemade little flat guitar. Oh my god, that's delicious. After it's the good. after the disappointing. What, who's, wait, who's it by? What's the who's it, who's it by? Who's it by? Go on, uh, Brew York. Brew York. I guess they're from York. Uh yes. Brew York. And what are we drinking? And it is. Rocky Road Star, Rocky Road Milk Stout. Oh, they're um, making it like a rock and roll yeah. stout. Oh, I, yes. But if, the last if it's not one, clear, I don't love Oasis. I was always Pulp. Uh, yeah. Of all the Brit Pops. Yeah, Pulp is my favourite. If, if it's before. Oasis versus Blur, I'm going Blur. Blur, yeah. Give it choice, I'll do Blur. 
Um, the last beer we had was just like an Indian brown ale. It wasn't good. We was weren't. It? We're not fans. And it's and it's Dark Star or is mm. it Harbour? Harbour. Ah, uh, Harbour are pretty good, but I've never heard of Brew York, so this is going to put them on the map. This is this is exactly what I needed. Oh, it's super sweet. It's it's like ten out of ten sweet. It almost it's really tastes a bit milky. like a coffee, almost. It's it's such like a pudding. Mm. It's I'm really I think this is really tasty. This is probably the best milk stout I've ever had. What have you, what did you have for your tea? I had. Do you know I end up having the same things on similar nights because I feel like every time you ask me this, yeah, it's always the same bloody answer. But I had a stir fry tofu, so oh. it made it super crispy. Yeah, yeah. And I did my special satay sauce, which is essentially peanut butter. Sweet chilli sauce, bit of lime, bit of soy, bit oh. of this. So it's very comforting, bit zingy. I'll have to come round for tea one night. I'm always having it. I have it once a week, usually on a Thursday. I have normally have like a pasta, tomato pasta dish on a Monday. Well, that's what I had. I had spag bol. Nice. But we had fresh pasta. Fresh pasta? Isn't it, isn't it good when you buy fresh pasta fresh from the fridge? Pasta. We don't We don't get it very often, but when you do, we had fresh tagliatelle, and oh. technically it's... to. Tag the telly bolognese because it's not spicy, <laughs> but but it was gorgeous. I love oh. that. Sometimes when I'm like, oh yeah, we'll just get some fresh pasta. It's so nice, so nice. It's just got something that little bit of. Well, it's made with egg rather than um, just like where wheat. dried pasta is wheat. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. So oh. it's not vegan, but it's definitely not vegan, but it's so good. All the tasty things aren't vegan. It's so a taste sensation. It's, it's a taste sensation. Like, like this beer, actually. This beer, I'm ten really out of ten. Ten out of ten taste. Not, I'm not super keen on the artwork, and I feel bad because it's definitely been done by some kind of creative. Like, it, it's well done. It's just not my taste. Maybe that was the brief. Mm. Maybe they thought, oh bloody hell, I've got to do another bloody portrait without facial features again but hey gotta pay them bread yeah it's gotta a- pay them bread I gotta make that bread and also pay them bills yeah I like that you can like change them into doing like as if you're being held by the baking mob <laughs> you gotta pay this bread you gotta pay the bread <laughs> oh no Mr. Baguette please no I can't take another sourdough roll in my bum you think you know I'm gonna pay us Johnny ten years of needing for you no ah! My poor forearms, I can't Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Well, before we get uh, indicted by the bread mafia, let's get out of here. We need to be fucking careful. They'll flower you like a mofo. (sighs) Yeast infections all over the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. This is really fucking tasty, Luke. I'm really enjoying it, I'm really enjoying it. It's rather bloody good, isn't it? It's rather bloody good. Flaming good. It has actually got milk, vanilla, and tonka. Tonka? Like the truck? Like a cow. Yeah, it's got tonka trucks in it. It's got loads of tiny <laughs> tonka trucks. <laughs> coughing on them. Oh, what that noise was there. Just me choking on some cock. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to keep that in. You'll have to keep that in or put it as like a bonus section. Just like throw it in at the end for yeah, someone yeah, that's listened like, all the way to yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, hello. Welcome back from the pub. We've just about avoided the bread mafia just there. Just brushing off the dust, the dirt and the flour off my head. Oh. Lord above. <laughs> it sounds like you had to do something to escape there. Yeah. Oh. I skedaddled right back up my poo tube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you mean the hole that we dug as, as moles, but it sounds like perhaps you um, <laughs> did some sexual acts to escape there. <laughs> Skedaddled up the poop tube. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I learned that on that cruise I went on. 
So before we were uh, <laughs> distracted, we were talking about transport, the type of place that Calvin... <laughs> <laughs> talking about Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> Sorry. <I had> to... <laughs> We've had like two beers now, so we're gone. Um, <laughs> while she was developing the typeface and the way that these signs were mm. being laid out, she did something very important. Oh. She designed pictograms. Oh, damn. She did pictograms. She did all the pictograms. Damn. All your favourites. All my favourites. All the classics. people crossing the road. Cows. Speed signs. Oh, I like the deer one. The warning sign. The electrical sign. Mm. But most importantly, the eponymous roadworks. Guy opening an umbrella. Man having trouble with umbrella. Yeah. Yes, give me. It, I mean, it's it's the classic, isn't it? Mm. And I love the idea that all these guys in the pub are like, it's a blockchain open umbrella. Oh. I have no idea that it's actually like a revolutionary, like leading light in female graphic design <laughs> uh, that has created this. But th- that is probably the most famous, at least in this country, because everyone kind of like takes the mick out of it almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to celebrate in the Transport Museum and the Design Museum, Margaret Calvert has done a special edition where it's a woman doing the road work. Well, as if to show herself working on the sign. Oh. And it's great. That's I think cool. it's really cool. Like it's just it's just it's the same as before, but she's painted a skirt on it and it just instantly says woman in work, well, woman working. To me it looks like she's got a normal one hastily painted over in white. That is and then cool. painted over it. So it almost looks like a piece of more graffiti, street art. It's cool, isn't it? Gorilla. It, it doesn't look like an official sign. It looks like... It still looks like the the symbol, but it mm. still looks like somebody's done it by hand, mm-hmm. which they have. And there's in this photo, there is two children drawing it, mm. which you wouldn't normally see for like a sign. You wouldn't expect to see it. It's nice that it's been elevated to, in the gallery, to I suppose. high art. Yeah. Mm. What this piece of utilitarian design... It's interesting that it's now high art. So these pictograms that we now take for granted Mm. are a huge part of this system that they designed together, both Mm. Kinnear and Calvert. But they were headed by Calvert because she had this expertise in illustration. Oh, there you go. It all led into it. Oh, she knows what she's doing. Exactly. This commercial art. And this is what made her so powerful is that she didn't just help design this typeface, which is revolutionary. She didn't just help like completely rework the nation's signage, which kept, you know... I, I think you could argue that our lives are so much safer because of these things, these interventions of yeah. this, this signage that is the same everywhere mm. you go. But she also created these pictograms which have now influenced street signs worldwide. Like mm. Britain had a lot of signs because we were a small island that was interconnected. Mm. So we had a lot of signs, but when we when we nationalised it, when it all became the same, this influenced Europe, America, yeah. um, even Africa. Like, I mean... We're kind of to blame for that because we still had colony uh, mm. riding power in places like Australia. You have an New ass signs. Yeah, exactly. You have an and ass signs. We kind of leave this sort of ugly footprint everywhere we go, <laughs> which some can argue the benefits for and others not. But, you know, we've got some shit hot signs. Do you want some? Yeah. Do you want some, pal? Hey. Yeah. Huh? Hey, pal. Hey, pal, do you want some? I've got signs in back air. Do you want to fucking start? Right. Have uh, you got some signs to give me back? Yeah, I'm sorry, pal. I yeah, thought, I thought I was dropping them off for you. Right, fucking all right, all right, cheers, pal. Yeah, yeah, I've been asking for them. Well, it's not my fault, I'm just delivering yeah. them. Yeah, you got some signs, pal. I fucking got them, yeah. You got some fucking signs. Better fucking be my fucking calf at your fucking gun. 
oh, it's a sweary episode. Wow, it's a really sweary episode. <laughs> I love the idea that Margaret's come to listen to this episode. Like, I wonder, I wonder what, what people are saying about me in the media and it's just us shouting at each other. The waveforms <laughs> for that conversation were insane. Oh, they were, weren't they? Oh, my Flipping lord. Spicy, spicy, spicy. <laughs> Ooh, baby. So, now that we've been to the pub, now that we've spoken about, about the signs, dunk. do you know where we're going? Can you see it on my uh, screen? Are we going on a day trip to the sea side? Yes, we're going to Maryport. Yay! Woo-hoo! We're going to touch the, um, not the jellyfish, the, the rays. Yes, at the Sea Life Centre. Yeah. No, we're actually going to the oddity section. Oh, okay. No, that's good. The that's good. Section. I can get an ice cream there when I'm done. Yeah. Like, Is there a gift shop? Can you, what, in the oddity section? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. You'd buy like rubbers that actually create black holes instead of removing Black stuff. holes? Do you know what I mean? Dangerous. It would like make an event horizon rather than remove yes. the pencil. Yes, event horizon. <laughs> and the ruler would only have like, its letters would it mm. be, instead of numbers, it would be like Roman numerals translated into Cyrillic or something. Yeah, that's the only place you can buy membership to the avant-garde caravan, camping caravan club. Exactly. It is, it's a very specific thing. And instead of getting like a sticker in your window that you do mm. with like green flag or... Yeah. It, it's just a... Um, you sort of have to use a drill and you drill a hole through your window. Yeah. And then you put sort of like a sort of slimy mesh over. Mm. And when when you come, you just have to... They caress it and they're like, yep, yeah, that's slimy enough. Well, you've got Get to caress in. it to re-moisten it and then lick it to make sure it's the bitter orange taste. Because a yeah. lot of people do fake ones. Which tastes it's, like Sicilian lemon. Oh, that's the, that's the blunder. Stupid idiot. <laughs> Stupid idiot. Yeah, you're doing with the Sicilian lemon. Stupid idiot. <laughs> oh, okay, better. we really distracted ourselves there. <laughs> <laughs> so Distraction podcast. Calvert, Margaret Calvert, she didn't just revolutionise how we use our road networks. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. She was a working designer for years. Yeah, what else she done? She's done some cool stuff. Now... And there is this very cute photo that I'm showing Katie mm, right here. This mm. is branding for a company called Burkett, which is like this little fish logo. Mm. With a little, it's like the Christian fish. I think it is. I don't know. It is the Christian fish. It's, it's on the side of this very cute cream Morris van driving around central London. That next van to is an so cute. oil tanker. When was the last time you saw an oil tanker in central London? This must, This can't be recent, this. No, no, this is like the 70s. I was going to say. Because like these Morris fans aren't even in production anymore. <laughs> um, but it's it's such a nice bit of branding. It's very modernist. It's very mm. of its time. It's really cool. But there's one thing she did which really stood out. Yeah. And I think may have even influenced one of the leading fashion designers ever. Hot, or hot at least. Dang. Well, yeah. He, this fashion designer has recently passed. Yeah. Leading black fashion designer. Uh. Do you know much about fashion? No. Design. <laughs> yeah, okay. Look at me. I'm wearing so, a super a supermarket dress. What I am showing you here is the branding that Calvert and Kinnear did for Glasgow Airport. Love it. It is cool. Yeah. It is Helvetica, mm. bold, and the logo is what I would describe as a compass turned on a 45 degree axis. Mm. So instead of having your your directions true north, south, they all point into corners, making almost like a crossed off box. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. It's extremely straight. It's like four hours, but the negative space, you've got arrows coming in, you've got arrows coming out. Which works really well for an airport. It's yeah. like all directions. And I think it's the 
the saying like, oh, you can get a flight here, you can get a flight there. You're all connected up at Glasgow Airport. Yeah, yeah. And it was super, super modernist for its time. Something mm. so simple had never been applied to something like an airport. It's extremely striking. Especially yeah. not something like this in Scotland, mm. which still is a little bit now, but definitely in the 50s and 60s was very much forgotten in the, in the case say, of funding. mid-century and, Glasgow. Like the, Glasgow had grown massively as a port in the past, but then, mm. like, yeah, in the in the mid-century, there wasn't much love for it. Uh, it was just hanging on with Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> hanging on with Macintosh. That should be a title for another podcast. <laughs> hanging on, hanging out with Macintosh. So a lot of people suspect that this logo was pretty much, very much inspired uh, or ripped off by leading black fashion designer Virgil Abloh. Do you know Virgil Abloh? No. He ran... He was in a lot of famous fashion institutions and he was the first black head designer for a lot of places. Okay, cool. Like big names. I don't know exactly which ones, but if you think of ones like Gucci and things like that, yeah. like he was the first sort of black representation that mm. they ever had high up in the structure. But he had a streetwear label called Off-White. And what I'm showing Katie here is the logo for it, which is essentially... The same logo, just with a bar above the top. Yeah, that's 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 it. The, yeah, it's very very similar. It's it's extremely. I think the the thickness of the lines are minusculely thinner, and I think that's yeah. the only difference. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is the oddity here. Like, did this revolutionary female designer inspire a revolutionary designer in the fashion <sighs> industry? Because to be a female graphic designer in the fifties. I would say you probably about have as much representation in the field as a, a black male designer in... He's only just recently passed. So mm. in the in the early 2000s, mm. being a leading black fashion designer probably isn't very representative. You're not going to go in the fashion hall and see that many people referencing you. Maybe you will at shows, you know, like celebrities like Kanye, Pharrell. Mm. They're very much into their fashion. You'll see them on the catwalk, but you're not seeing them make decisions at big fashion houses. Mm. So... There's a lot of people that said, did he rip it off or was he inspired? Or did he even know, you know, because yeah. it's an arbitrary sort of... It's it's a symbol that I think if you were drawing enough arrows, you'd come up with it mm -hmm. in the end. So, But here, here are some of the things, like, what happens a lot in design is people accidentally tread over the same line because design has existed, or at least graphic design, when you take logos into it, has existed for about 100 years mm. in what we can record... You know, it existed way before, but actual modern graphic design yeah. with records and things like that has existed for about 100 years. And we're already starting to trip over ourselves because the way that our brains understand and, for, and like break down meanings and icons mm. can only go so far. So we end up treading along the same lines. For Like when you think of, say you do a logo for the Rivers Agency, you're thinking in your head, Okay, I can see that winding river that's mm. wider at the base, thinner at the top. You know, there's only so many ways that we can pictorially describe something can that can be understood that. by the mass mm. market. So there's a lot of problems of people treading over the same line without meaning to. Yeah. <laughs> but here lies the issue. Oh. Did he create it by accident? And yeah. It looks the same. Did he take inspiration or has he stolen it? What do, do we, you, do what we do you know? think? Oh, well, do we, do you we know don't, enough? You're, you're know. almost asking me like... like we don't know for certain. He's never made an official statement on it. Yeah. My suspicion is that he saw it, took what he wanted of it, and adapted it like any other good designer does. Well, what, what's the quote? Uh, a good artist borrows, a great artist steals. Which, 
I think people attribute to Picasso, but it's actually Picasso stole it from someone else. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm going down the motorway. Just absolutely flooring it and bust all of Calvert's signage. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing. Do you know, just, I mean, like I found, like, you know, maybe in high school when I had squared um, books mm. and I was doing maths. And, of course, maths is really fucking boring for me. Um, I don't know why I said that so aggressively. That is quite aggressive, yeah. <laughs> it was really aggressive. I, I actually loved maths. Do you know, I would have enjoyed it if I had a good tutor, but anyway. Fair enough. Uh, I had squared paper and I'd do, like, patterns because it was perfect for geometric oh, yeah. patterns. And the amount of times I accidentally did a swastika. Oh, it, it's, and, it's, I, it's and you'd have to, like, autocorrect it and, like, <laughs> trying to go back or, like, right, okay, I need to do this line and then even that out. So I think that might be a topic at one point that the swastika is an amazing logo, mm, but for terrible people. Although, uh, well, yeah, I mean, oh my God, yes, we could really get deep into it. Maybe before it's if it's a different rotation, it's this and well, that and all of that. We we take our teacher and student thing and alternate ones, which means that this is episode eight. So I will technically be doing episode ten, the last episode of this season. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about fascism. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's Ooh, a bit of a risky a subject. Teaser. I know a teaser of fascism. But can I lay my case to you as to why? Um, okay. Think, All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Virgil Abloh saw this logo and repurposed it for what he wanted because okay. it was way out of use by the time he started using it. I was going to say, is it is it still up there? No, I've never been it, Glasgow it was it was used for a long time, but it has now been modernized i checked the website it's been modernized into a god-awful rubbish oh logo. no is it yeah it's is just it? like you know when someone makes a logo that's overly friendly oh yeah it's rubbish it's rubbish anyway mm. ablo before he was a designer mm. he studied civil engineering oh, oh. Mm. and calvert's branding of glasgow airport was one of the first times that design and graphic design was thought of in an early stage with the engineering of the airport because mm. it was like a landmark thing. They were seeing all these signs up and down the country, so they wanted to grab a bit of that, like that fame and that, that yeah, that power. magic. Yeah. So they had the graphic design for Glasgow Airport way before the actual engineering of it oh, began. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why the logo is so nondescript. It says about going in directions, mm. but it isn't very descript. It's not like oh, this is the silhouette of the building. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it was quite a big thing and so in the world of civil engineering i mean my dad was a civil engineer mm. for many years he's he's just about to retire and he knows about margaret calvert's work because it, oh. when you when you when you sign up as a civil engineer or at least when you're training you sign up to various bodies one is called ice mm. which is the independent civil engineers and there's another one which and it, it credits your engineering mm. talent essentially and they send out a booklet every three months which is like just news about the civil engineer, but they've always got like written pieces in there. Mm. And he learned about Calvert when she went into the design museum. Uh, so it's quite possible that he would have known. So yeah, that's he's that's also, saying yes, and he's definitely got a knowledge of design. Yeah, he's referenced people like Dieter Rams, Massimo Vignelli, uh, Charles Eames. Oh, he's doing it. He's doing that mid. Yeah, he's got that no, mid-century on lock. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, th I think with that case, sir, if I was the judge, I would say um, we're not going to put you in jail. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just going to... Community service. Community service. I want you to pick up litter around Margaret Calvert's traffic sense. Oh, yes. That's that's the charge. 
so I, I think there's an obvious link between the two here. I think he was like, wow, that's a cool, strong logo. I'm not going to take it exactly as it is. I'm yeah. going to work it for myself. But another reason why I believe that, if I'm to put more forward to the jury Ooh. here, is that the, 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 these arrows pointing in directions works well for an airport. Yeah. But what does it have to say about a brand called Off-White? Which is a streetwear brand, which was... They explored... Do you remember when there was that trend of, like, T-shirts looking purposely rough, looked like it had paint splatters on it? Mm. Look, It had, like, a, a furrowed collar and it was a little bit ripped. Yeah, yeah. What, what Abloh was exploring at the time with Off-White, if I understand it correctly, was this... The, the fashion of the, the misrepresented youth, the teenagers that have t-shirts that are ripped because that's all they wear that's all they've got mm -hmm. because he's come from a black background and he's got mm. this he's got this repertoire of people only having four t-shirts to their name so he's representing that and making it high fashion mm. so what does those arrows have to say about like they don't they don't have any visual connotation like they do for the airport i, I think yeah you, when you've got you see the arrows you've sort of in that airport context first Mm. You're gonna you're in that you're in the airport zone now. And now my very last statement mm. is he has been known to make high art into fashion. Oh. Uh, one of his very famous pieces that wasn't for off white but got him in the papers was he was printing Renaissance art pieces on t-shirts. Do you oh, remember right. the full bleed t-shirt design trend that was mm. a while around? I uh, like it how people wear it um, with pictures of uh, pugs' faces on yeah. now. Yeah. That is a very crude spin-off of what was happening on the yes. catwalk from Virgil Abloh. Mm. So that is oh, my I'd, last case. I'd say that's hard, yes. I think so. Hard, yes. I think yes. he's guilty. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Guilty under the, what's it called where they're like, we don't have the evidence, but we assume it's correct. Without, without a, with the highest degree of prejudice or something. Oh, it's oh, I can't them. remember what the it's, term it's is. It's a hard yes. In this judge room, in the design court, I'm going to say, mate, that's a hard yes. Guilty. But I'm going to give you a lenient serv ser servitude. Right. Especially I, as you're under the ground. I really need the loo. I'm just going to nip back. Take it, take it easy. Woo! It is a last Sunday morning. I said trees are green. Red roses too. I see it all. I see it all. And I see it to myself. What a wonderful world. Oh, flipping heck. Well, now that we've got Ablo locked away and... Ablo? Ad... Oh, Ablo, sorry. Ablo. Ab I thought you said our blow. Oh, our blow. I was like, oh, okay, put away the cocaine. <laughs> Quick. No, Virgil is safely locked away. He is, um, in his coffin. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about making this analogy now that he's... <laughs> <laughs> harsh yeah it's pretty harsh harsh no i Evil. think i think he revived i bet calvert's not even that bothered i reckon he revived a logo that was very powerful at the time and turned it into something even more significant yeah. for underrepresented people totally totally but in, but in the court of stolen logos guilty bang the big comical sized hammer you get from <laughs> you know like markets where it's like a big um inflatable hammer yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. On his head, we yeah. bonk him. Bonk. And he just looks very deflated yeah. as he's as he walked out of the courtroom and not really put in prison because there's no laws against no, it. No, 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 no. And then he's a free man. He's a free man. Free well, man, baby. No, he's not. He's not anymore. He's passed away. Not anymore. Put but he did, he did some huge things for black representation in uh, fashion I'm sure design. Margaret's probably buzzing. I think if somebody, 50 years down the line, somebody re 
if I did something marvellous and then 50 years down the line somebody did, oh, whoa, and then now everybody's still talking about that yeah. thing 50 years ago, I'd be like, sweet, cheers, pal. I mean, uh, my only my only regret with it is is that I couldn't rip it off. You know, it, it's so... Mm. Off-White is much bigger than Glasgow Airport's visual identity ever was. Mm. So if I was there to ever try and rip it off, someone would say, that looks like Off-White. And I'd be like, yes. no, it actually looks like Margaret Calvert's I'll, branding I'll for Glasgow Airport. Find, I think you'll find, I think you'll find, I think you'll find. Uh, if you were smart enough, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But that is where we end. The saga. The... Uh, uh, I've got no more words. Uh, that is where we the saga. The, that is where we end the exploration of a leading graphic designer mm. who just so happens to be a woman who just so happens to have completely changed the way our nation interprets mm. road signs. Yeah, during that dramatic pause, then I was thinking about Winnie the Pooh. Oh, okay, okay, right. right. Thanks for that. On that on that note, I'll see you. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week. You fucking camp. All right, someone let Derek and Clive out. <laughs>